0: I work at a school in a very rich area. The kids are used to this extravagant, luxurious life. And one day, I had to put a spoiled brat rotten kid in timeout. And that kid told her mom, and now her mom wants to sue me. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. About five years ago, when I was 20 years old, I used to work as a yard supervisor at the local elementary school while I was on break from college. It wasn't much, but I'd at least get a month's worth of work in the summer, and then a week in the winter. They were also super lenient with my hours, probably because they tended to be shorthanded and also my mother worked at the school as a teacher too. If you don't know what a yard supervisor is, we're the kind of people who stand in the lunchroom or on the playground during recess and make sure the kids are behaving, basically glorified babysitters. I was the youngest of my co-workers since the others who worked there were women who had kids that attended the school. For some background, this school was in the rich part of town, the kind of elementary school situated in a nice suburban neighborhood where everyone has Cadillac, SUVs, and maybe a BMW, Mercedes, or Tesla as their second car. And they love to try to solve all their inconveniences with lawyers. I always thought it was a stereotype that the rich people in town would threaten you with their lawyers when they didn't get what they wanted. Most of the time, they were bluffing though. Anyways, among the fourth graders at this school, there was this kid named Hannah. Honestly, I don't remember, but her name might have actually been Hannah. I doubt it matters though. She was your classic playground bully. A notorious Liar loved to pick on anyone smaller than her which considering her uh, size there were plenty of kids for her to choose from and she had quite the temper. She was also supposed to be in the fifth grade but had been held back a year and she had this other girl named Sierra as her crony. Hannah always initiated the trouble and would boss Sierra around to do her bidding. She would even activate Sierra occasionally. One time I witnessed Hannah shove Sierra and then run up to tell me Sierra shoved her. Sierra getting mad would then shove Hannah and at this point, I'd have to send them both to the principal's office. And to my knowledge, they just get off with a warning. Sierra's not important to the story though. I just wanted to add that bit so you can kind of picture Hannah and her like Scott, Farkas and his crony. The situation was almost identical. None of my co-workers, including Hannah's teacher, liked Hannah. She was notorious for causing trouble and then making up elaborate lies to cover herself. Everyone knew this and had warned me when I first started the job. If you're wondering why nothing was ever done or why this child never got therapy? I have no idea. This was the US public education system and also her mother was a B which I'll get to later. One day I'm working in the lunchroom and I overhear Hannah calling another student names and making them cry. Supposedly she also struck him but none of us witnessed it, though we wouldn't put it past her. We remove Hannah from the table and make her sit at this table that we have reserved for delinquents while we write up a note to send her to the principal. At best she would get detention or perhaps a couple day suspension. This is a reoccur problem. The bell for recess rings and we make Hannah stay inside and sit at the table in timeout. No recess for her that day. The rest of the story I was not here for. I was only told the rest by my co-workers the next day. Hannah, returning to class, goes to her teacher and tells her, The young yard duty hit me and called me names. I am the young yard duty, being 20 years old while my co-workers were at least in their 40s. The teacher knows she's lying and tells her to take it up with the principal, since such a claim is serious. Hannah doesn't like the principal so instead, after school she goes to one of the other yard supervisor and tells her the same thing. That yard supervisor was working with me in the lunchroom that day and knew that no such thing happened and tells her not to tell lies. Hannah of course then goes to her mom. Hannah's mom had as much a reputation around the school as Hannah did for being just an all around unpleasant person. Hannah's mom is also under the impression that her daughter could never do any wrong and that the school was constantly trying to pick on her. I think her claim was the school was bullying her for being fat or for being too pretty. It was one or the other, or maybe both, since my only knowledge about this came from my co-workers. So you can probably guess her reaction when Hannah told her the story that she made up. Hannah's mom, the entitled mom, goes straight to the principal's office and starts cursing out the principal and demands legal action to be taken. The principal, having already been notified of Hannah's behavior in the lunchroom that day and being well equipped Acquainted with both Hannah and the entitled mother's behavior, told the entitled mother the real story. The entitled mother insists that I must have actually done something to Hannah, and that she's been bullied this entire time at school. And that saying Anna did these things must be me trying to cover my butt, and that I must be on a power trip or something. She demands a lawsuit against me and wants me in the office to face her. I had already left work for the day, and the principal was under no obligation to call me and didn't care to entertain the entitled mother with her antics anyway. The Principal then tells her if I did do these things, then she should file police report. The entitled mother agrees, but this is where Hannah snaps. For some reason, perhaps just the way police are portrayed to kids as these heroes who will find you out, Hannah is terrified of the thought of having to talk to the police. So finally, Hannah starts crying and spills that she made it up and that nobody had struck her and that she was just mad about missing recess for a timeout. The entitled mom, of course, now believes that. Hannah has been coerced into admitting this because why would her little angel lie? The entitled mom storms out of the office claiming that she'll still get her lawsuit and that's the last thing I hear about her. No lawsuit ever came, thankfully, because I know my broke college butt would never be able to afford it. Many of my co-workers told me that they've had lawsuits threatened on them from various parents aside from the entitled mother, but they never came to anything. It was almost a game for how many lawsuit threats you could get during your time at that school. One of my co-workers before she ended up being fired for a claim Hannah made against her. That's another story. The principal didn't get a choice in it and our school board, which was also just terrible in more ways than one, decided she had too many claims against her and that she should be let go taught me a great quote from that ordeal. The bee apple doesn't fall far from the bee tree. So am I the jerk for how I handle this? I just imagine working on this place, you have to be on edge constantly because every single person there probably thinks that they are superior in some way because of their parents and what their parents do and what connections their parents have and who their lawyer is. It's a weird way to start off life as a kid automatically thinking that you are above other people, especially your own teachers and people that work at the school. I think most people have the experience that they're just a normal kid and they don't have this weird power trip that a lot of kids at this school seem to have. And even when that is the case where the kids are like that in that state of mind, it's a pretty weird thing to lie about. It's a serious accusation. Somebody's whole life could be ruined over that. But I'm guessing the reason that Hannah lied about that is probably because she knew what a big deal it would make or at least she thought she would. She probably wouldn't think it would involve the police when she first said that, but she thought it would get enough attention for her to get what she wanted. So let me know how you see the situation down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Before we jump into the next story, don't forget to subscribe to the second channel where you can hear some of my personal stories, linked down below in the description. And if you're interested one day in working on the new channel with us, there's a link for that down below too. Can my parents make me go to fat camp? I'm a 14 year old boy and I live in New York State with my mom and stepfather. My dad died before I was born and I grew up alone with my mom until I was 10 and she met him. My stepfather. They married about two years ago and he has been my stepfather ever since. I do not hate my stepfather and he does not hate me. I'm glad that he met my mother. She was very lonely when I was a kid and he makes her happy and is a very kind person. We were also very poor and he is a businessman who makes a lot of money and can take care of my mom so she doesn't have to overwork herself. He has never gotten an argument with me and we do not fight. But it is very awkward in the house between us, even with both of us trying to be nice. We have very little in common. But I want to repeat, I do not hate him at all because I know that many people have relationships with their stepparents of that sort and I do not have that. So I am fat, very fat, very, very fat. I have always been fat. I I was the tallest kid in my class last year at about 260 pounds, which I know is fat. My weight doesn't bother me. I like being fat. The only thing it really changes is how I might get along with girls. But from my angle, it's a good way to see who is shallow. I do not want to eat healthy and I think about food a lot. I have dieted in the past, but it has made me very miserable. I am not lazy or anything. I work very hard at school and in everything I do, I just don't care about this. My mom does care more than me, but she never bothered me about it. But my st- Stepdad brings it up a lot, never in a mean way, but he always asks me to go to the gym and tries only buying things which do not fill me up and are overly healthy. A few weeks ago, we went to the doctor and they gave me a speech about eating better and today my stepdad and my mom wanted to speak to me. After my last day of school for the semester, since I'm skipping an exam week that I exempted, they talked about the doctor's meeting and said that I am going to a health camp for the literal entire summer, from early June until middle of August, all of it. I looked it up and it's just a fat camp. I was obviously really upset and I begged them not to send me. But they said that they've already paid for it and I was definitely going. I don't ever yell at my parents but I couldn't manage a conversation so I just left immediately went into my room and cried. I went down later and asked very nicely if I didn't have to go and they said no. I asked why I deserved a punishment and they said it wasn't a punishment. I just left again because I wouldn't have been able to stop from screaming at them and I don't want to yell at them. From a legal perspective Perspective, can they force me to go? At 14 it seems ridiculous that they could force me to go. I'll actually be 15 halfway through. I have to take a plane. They can't legally require me to get on a plane, right? I understand if I was like 10 years old or something, but I'm a teenager now. This is my last summer before high school and it's so stupid that this is how it might be wasted. At 14 or 15 they don't need my permission at all? Please give me your advice. Jumping into the future there is an update. I am in New York. I I had many conversations with my parents and they refused to budge. I considered leaving the house for a bit, but ultimately decided not to. I've tried not to be, but I'm honestly very angry at my parents for doing this to me, and I view them very negatively, at least much more than before. I feel like they don't care about my opinion at all. I've done research and nobody loses weight at the camp I'm going to, and again, even if they did, I don't care. I'm going to the camp tomorrow night and I'm not looking forward to it. I feel very depressed and I have not felt happy since this all began. I looked it up and it would be easy for me to not get on the plane but I still don't want to make a scene. I am intentionally not going to try to lose any weighted camp, which I've been honest about. My parents are suddenly acting like I want to go because I told them I literally wouldn't physically fight against it and they don't care what I say or think. I have lost a lot of respect for my parents as people and I do not want to be around them anymore. Either way, I'm going tomorrow. Thanks to the people that were helpful, many people say that it is impossible to be happy and fat and I think those people are wrong but I don't think they will ever change their minds. Jumping into the future, there's another update. I was taken to camp earlier this month and I did not resist going but I was very very upfront with my parents that I wasn't going to participate whenever possible. They did not take me seriously. I went on the plane and told the counselors the same thing once I got on the bus. I was very polite but honest about it. My tactic was to use peaceful non-violent resistance until they let me go home unless it turned out to be a crazy camp which it wasn't. I read a book about the civil rights movement a few months ago and I based what I did off of that. Obviously me being at a camp isn't even close to human rights but the techniques still work. I got to my cabin. and and I just stayed on my bed and politely told them that I didn't plan on doing the exercises. The counselors spoke to me nicely and then less nicely and tried to convince me to move but they couldn't and I'm too big to drag off a of bed even if they wanted to. They were nice people and I wanted to be nice to them as well but again I was open and honest through everything. I just did not go to the event after I went to my cabin. I politely and calmly refused to go to the opening ceremony, exercises, meetings, activities even though nothing was optional. When the kids in my cabin spoke or tried to convince me to come down, I also politely refused to speak to them. They then said that I wouldn't get dinner or lunch if I didn't come down and participate, and I refused, assuming that they need to feed me sometimes. I was right. They didn't give me dinner that night or breakfast because I didn't go to eat, but someone brought me a lunch the next day, even if it was a terrible overly healthy type of thing. I was still very hungry and very bored, but I just kept imagining getting out early. That lasted for six days with me spending all of my time on the bed and them bringing me food. I brought books, but they took my books away, so I just sat there and entertained myself by imagining stuff. It was the most boring thing I've ever done. After a week or six days, I'm not sure, the headmaster, owner, slash leader of the camp came to me and spoke to me directly. Again, he was very nice to me and I tried to be nice back, but I was open about the fact that I wasn't doing anything until I went home. He was trying to convince me that I wanted to lose weight, but I didn't want to lose weight. The next day, he called my parents and I left for the first time to speak to them in his office. They begged Me to do it, and we had a weird conference call meeting with them on the phone, and the headmaster who was there too, and they were all trying to convince me to participate and even shaming me a bit. But again, I calmly refused very simply. They said they were going to wait three more days to give me quote time to think about it and I told them that it wouldn't make a difference but they did it anyway. So I sat another three days and then an extra day waiting. After that we had one more conference and then I was sent that night on a plane ticket home because I peacefully refused to do everything and they saw no point of keeping me there. They really tried shaming me near the end but I told them that I couldn't feel ashamed for not doing something that they wanted me to do. I felt slightly sad about how to be a pain for the counselors or the head guy because neither did anything wrong to me but I was very 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 happy that I won't have to spend the whole summer there. My parents are in a sad mood since I came back and they aren't really speaking to me but at least I'm home and I won't have to spend another month there. They also got some of their money back because I wasn't there the whole time. I appreciate all the advice I got even if I don't agree with all of it. Thank you. I got most of my summer back. The next few updates are really shocking starting with this first one that is kind of just a recap and pondering on everything and then it gets a lot crazier. Is being skinny really all that great? I'm 14, 255 pounds and I've always been very very fat and I honestly prefer it for the most part. It's a good way to know who's shallow and who cares about you. You don't need to worry about many other aspects of life that I feel people constantly obsess over. Has losing weight honestly made any actual impact on your life? I don't care about losing 5 to 10 years of being old and I don't care about people treating you nicer either. I think the health stuff is over exaggerated and the social stuff is nonsense anyway. Then we jump into the future a little less than a year and this is where it starts. Can my parents and school force me to take heart medication? I'm 15 and I'm a boy. I live in New York State. Several months ago I had heartburn that was misinterpreted by doctors to be a heart attack. It wasn't. Simply put it was a severe over exaggeration. Since then I've been made to take medication at home which I don't want to because I've read about the side effects and I don't want to be taking something for an issue that doesn't exist. Since I got it originally I just stopped taking the pills which long story short my parents found out about and it has been a very big fight with them since. They have contacted my school, a public school and after they had a talk with me and the principal. Basically what has been happening is I come in the morning and they force me to go into a room with a guidance counselor and an extra person to watch me swallow the pills that I need. For some time I'd go and make myself vomit immediately after in the bathroom and then they found out and now I have to stay for 20 minutes and drink water. They do not even let me go to class if I refuse. How can this be legal? I'm sorry to ask here but I literally cannot find information on this anywhere. Where would I even report this if the principal is in on it? The next update gets even more intense. I'm 15 and I am so afraid I'm going to die. I came on here once and said that I didn't need to lose weight and I was wrong and I'm sorry. Right now I'm 275 pounds. Two days ago I woke up gasping and choking for air. I couldn't breathe. This happened before but never as intensely. I just woke up choking. It was the scariest thing in my entire life and I cried for 20 minutes. I'm ready to change, but I'm so afraid that I'm going to die anyway. I was ignoring a bunch of stuff and I have no idea. I have had very bad heartburn before. I tried eating less today, which I haven't done in years, and made it to 70% of the day and then I couldn't stop after a certain point. Like my hand shook because I wanted to eat so much. I'm looking up studies that describe it and everybody seems to gain it back. Exercise is impossible. Not eating is impossible. I am so afraid. I really apologize. I'm looking at protein and carbohydrates and calorie information and in literally makes no sense to me. There is so much conflicting information. I do not want to die. Jumping into the future, there's another update. I made some posts in the past and I made progress for the first time so I thought that I would make an update post. I was 15 and I had something that was misdiagnosed as a heart attack. It wasn't. And then sleep apnea, which I really did have. I couldn't breathe and it scared me so I decided to change certain things to lose weight. I did three main things. Number one, calories. Counted them using a tracker which told me what I could eat. Ate stuff sort of more healthy. Healthy, but still some unhealthy stuff like I might have veggies and meat, but I would also have cookies, candies, but all below the calorie number that I could eat. I usually skip breakfast because I'm not hungry in the morning and then I can eat three meals in half of the day, which is way easier for me than three meals throughout the whole day. Number two, water. No drinking anything but water. This was very hard, but it worked in the end and helped a lot, especially with not going over on calories. Number three, walking. I listen to music and I walk an hour every day. This was very hard at the got easy and I might add more time soon. I started losing weight very quickly when I did this. I felt very bad for one week and then very good and stayed like that physically. I don't feel that different but still losing because I'm afraid of the breathing thing coming back. I want to get to 200 pounds and then we'll see. I'm very depressed. My parents don't talk to me anymore. They haven't for months for the most part. I don't take my medication for a misdiagnosis and they just decided to stop talking with me about anything even after I lost weight. They buy the food I asked them to. We just started Doing this over text, and now I just make food for myself. I talk to them maybe once a week for a short conversation, and they purposely spend time out of the house so they can get away from me. They're here maybe three nights a week. I don't care anymore. I'm going to lose more weight and then move away when I turn 18 and never speak to them again. I'm looking forward to it. This is just an update since a lot of people message me about it. I'm still losing weight. Jumping into the future, there is one final update. After quitting fat camp and having a heart attack at 15, I dropped the weight and now I'm living my best life. Life, 275 pounds to 170. A few years ago, I posted some messages about my experiences with obesity, my parents, and being sent to fat camp against my will. I saw somebody posting about it on discord, so I thought that I would update. I have lost the weight. I tried over the course of about a year and a half, first losing about 40 pounds, then 50 pounds, but each time I gained it back before having to restart. Early last year, I tried again and that attempt clicked. I have since lost all the extra weight and even and put on a little muscle by lifting. I am still not used to it. I catch myself making much more room than I need to when walking by people. Four things that made this attempt different. Number one, I tried less. Which sounds like it doesn't make sense, but I think by not obsessing over it as much as I did during the first two times, helped me not to burn out and give up. I just counted calories without obsessing and did cardio and lifting three to four times a week. I ate probably 80% clean, 20% dirty. It feels like less of a struggle and less work. I can eat happily how I do now forever and not feel like I'm missing out on anything. That wasn't as true with the diets that I was doing before. Number 2 I moved out at 17 to live with a friend's family and don't have much of a relationship with my parents anymore and it was easier to lose the weight when not being around them. There's a lot of stuff I didn't talk about in the earlier posts some of which because I was too young to know what was happening. I was in denial about my situation and not pleasant to be around but my mother and stepfather were not responsible parents and neglected me more than I realized was appropriate. There were short periods where they would be very involved in my life too overcompensate for periods when they would go on trips for weeks, several for months and leave me alone in a house filled with junk food which at the time I thought that I loved but I realized was horrible. They never hurt me but they would rarely try to be parents and when they did it was always in extreme ways like sending me to the fat camp and giving me dramatic speeches after not interacting with me for long periods of time. We had many verbal fights over the last few months I was living there and they refused to acknowledge any responsibility even though I was acknowledging mine. Once a woman who had been friends with my mom over the phone for over six years came to visit the house. She lived in another state and spoke to my mom over the phone almost daily and said that she didn't know that my mom had a son. Number three, I have friends now who know my history and we go lifting together. It makes a big difference when you have people who like you and keep you on track. We play sports which is a great way to exercise. A lot of dodgeball sounds cringe but it's very fun. Number four, I read meditations by Marcus. It has helped me a lot. Here are some other stuff. I still take stats although the dosage has been lowered. I have another appointment in a few weeks which is the first time since I have lost all the weight. I am hoping I will be able to stop them. If not it will be what it will be. In a comment I think I compared myself to Nelson Mandela by not exercising at fat camp and that was very cringe. I am sorry. I had just read his biography at the time so it was in my mind. I was 15 and dumb. I will probably look back in the future and think I am dumb now too. I am taking classes at community college hoping to transfer to a university and graduate either in avionics or mechanical engineering or another similar field. And I'm not depressed anymore. We can get much higher and the future looks bright. I have a girlfriend now, she's a supermodel from Canada. No, you can't meet her, she goes to another school. I will be honest, I'm not going to read most of them, but there were hundreds of old messages in my inbox from people who tried to give me advice over the last few years. Thank you for the positive thoughts. If you are in the same position that I was, you can make it out. The biggest thing that I learned is that it's impossible to improve when you hate yourself. You have to care about yourself enough to want to get better. My problem was that I didn't know how. So now that you know everything, who was the jerk? This story was a roller coaster, starting from the point that he refused to do any exercise at all as a form of protest in order to prove a point and be able to be sent home early, all the way to the point that he realized he can't improve until he learns to not hate himself. But his problem was that he didn't know how. That is quite the journey. One part that he briefly mentions that I think is really interesting is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Aurelius. If you watch enough Am I the Jerk, you probably have noticed that there are quotes from time to time that come from a lot of these really old philosophers like Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, and so on. And from what I'm piecing together, his problem, the fact that he didn't know how, at least to some extent it sounds like he found it in meditations by Marcus Aurelius, which is kind of like everything going full circle. Once we got to the part of the story where the OP was waking up gasping for air and saying that he does not want to die, the quote from Meditations that came to mind is, How much more grievous are the consequences of anger than the causes of it? In other words, the thing that made him so angry was that he was being sent to this fat camp, but his anger is what drove him to reject that and become even more out of shape to the point where he thought he was going to die. The consequences of his anger in this situation were far worse and far more grievous than the cause of it. So let me know if you guys have ever had any experiences like this in your own life down below. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search for Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your stream. It's free, Cream of the Stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.